Thank you for joining us for this show. Today, we're going to be talking with Dr. Stephanie Wu on Wu University, starting a specialty contact lens practice and practicing in small town USA on the Optometric Insights Show. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Optometric Insights Show. Make sure to like, subscribe, and feel free to leave a comment below. Uh, as mentioned, we're here with Dr. Stephanie Wu, who's been a, a, a great advocate in the contact lens world, has been somebody who's you know, come on the scene really hardcore in the last five years and has taught us so many things. And I'm super stoked to have you. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Wu. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Dr. Kadeen. And, and it's just been so fun to just know you as a person all the years and all the work that you and Mila have been doing for optometry students and you guys are just awesome people. So it's always Thank fun. You. you know, anybody that ever meets you is like, I feel like I've known them forever. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they, ha they have that effect. My grandfather used to say that a stranger is a friend I haven't met. And so uh, it's kind of a good philosophy to live by, right? It, everything makes so much more yeah. sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, being the, uh, the, the famous person that you've become in the eye care world, one of the things that I love about you is you're very approachable. And, uh, you know, after a lecture, I know that a lot of people like to come up and talk with you. And so, you know, I want to throw that out there to any of our listeners that if they ever see you in person, I think you would probably welcome them to feel free to come and ask you questions and talk with you about your experience. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, um, and you know, Dave, being in the industry, that uh, contact lens people are super approachable and friendly. Yeah. And that's something that really drew me to optometry residency going into cornea and contact lenses is because, oh my gosh, these people are really, really, they're, they're very helpful. They're very approachable. Um, and that was something that was very appealing to me. And, and, I, and I just want to pass that on to any yeah. students or, or any doctors that have questions, you know, education yeah. is, is my passion. Yeah. So I thought during this episode that we'd get to know you a little bit. Um, Dr. Wu has really gone through a really, really incredible journey in a short career so far. Uh, as uh, many of our listeners are entering into practice or have recently been in practice, um, it's really cool to to hear different journeys that people have been through. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your education, where you went to school, residency, and so forth? Sure. So um, I went to the University of Arizona for college, and that's in Tucson, Arizona. And during that time, I actually thought I was going to be a teacher. So all of my studies were involved in biology, chemistry, and I was going to be a science teacher. Um, and, and then, um, I did my student teaching during my, my senior year of college. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the seventh grade science kids. <laughs> I, I think I had a different idea in my head of what being a teacher was. So, um, I decided that I was going to do something else. And, uh, that's when I started shadowing a bunch of medical careers. So I shadowed a lot of different things. And, and I ended up uh, really loving optometry after shadowing my, my hometown optometrist, who's taken care of me since I was in like second grade. Yeah. And, uh, and it was cool because he, he did so many other things. I always thought optometrists did like glasses and contacts only. Right. But when I shadowed him, I was like, Whoa, he, he's like treating dry eyes, taking metal out of people's eyeballs. He's 
seeing these really weird, like bloody spots on the back of the eye and showing the patient. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. way more than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, went to SECO. Now it's called uh, Ketchum in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And then I did my cornea and contact lens residency in St. Louis, Missouri. And after your residency, you really haven't kept touch with the people in your residency, right? Like there, there wasn't really involvement in like your wedding or anything with any of those people. Yeah. So something that really <laughs> cool that came out of the residency is uh, I just, I have remained such great friends with uh, the, one of my mentors and, and a lot of people's mentors, Dr. Yeah. Ed Bennett. Right. He did. He actually officiated our wedding. I think um, that's so cool. Two years ago. So it's amazing. Yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. You know, I think, I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about with friends, Ed Bennett is a friend of everybody. He's just such a great person as a human being and uh, such a great educator as well that we've all so, so valued and, and benefited from. So following residency, what was the path like? Um, were you thinking about going into practice? Were you thinking about teaching? Like what was the drive to do a residency? And then what was the thought afterwards? Yeah, so great question. Um, so there were two thoughts in my mind, you know, the educator inside of me, somebody that's always wanted to be a teacher, that was always incredibly important. And I actually started lecturing uh, right away after residency because I was involved in a lot of studies with scleral lenses. And so I started lecturing for some of those companies that I was involved with because I was very, very experienced with the product and the design and got to teach other doctors how to fit the lens. So that was kind of something that I knew I wanted to continue doing. And then when I completed my residency, because I was on this thing called the Witchy grant, it's for Western um, optometry school states. So the state of Arizona paid for half of my tuition Mm -hmm. during optometry school. But the stipulation is you have to go back to the state you're from. So I always knew you know, I'm doing my residency in in Missouri, but I have to go back to Arizona for at least four years. And at that time, I I didn't have any um, expectations of kind of what I was going to do. So I thought, well, I could do, try to find something in specialty lenses, maybe in like Phoenix or Tucson, because those are the biggest cities in Arizona. Yeah. But then I ended up just saying, you know what, I'm just going to go back to my hometown, live with my dad, pay off my student loan debt, and uh, just crush it out for for the next four years. And then after that, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Uh, But Mm -hmm. then after about two years of working with my hometown optometrist who ended up hiring me, um, I ended up loving it and uh, asking him if I could partner in somehow. And then Mm -hmm. we ended up becoming partners. (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible that it came full circle and you ended up back at that practice. But you know, going back after doing a residency, after already having done research, uh, did you feel that you were uh, were compromising your specialty? You know, you're going to an area that's not a big city, kind of, you know, not that not that where you were living was a small town, but it wasn't really big. And so did you kind of feel like, oh, I'm not going to get to do all my specialty? And uh, And was that kind of something that you know, ended up happening or did you end up getting to do your specialty? Yeah. So that, uh, that actually never crossed my mind. I think mm-hmm. that in my heart, I all, I knew that no matter where I was, I was going to incorporate specialty lenses. So I never had that, that thought in my brain 
of, well, you know what, I'm going to be joining this practice that has absolutely zero specialty contacts. And, and I just looked at it as more of like a, a challenge or an opportunity to say, Hey, this is something that is not offered and I could be the first one. And uh, I'm going to figure out how to incorporate this into this practice. So I, I guess I kind of looked at it more like an opportunity more than like, um, you know, Oh, shucks, I'm not going to be able to do it. I just said, I'm, yeah. I'm going for it. I, I think that's uh, so important for people to hear. You know, I, I started in a practice that was a primary care practice as well. And, you know, here, here we're talking with one of the, the top scleral lens people in the United States, and you started with scr- from scratch, right? I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of times when I talk with students or young grads, they're like, oh, I have to go work with uh, an ophthalmologist to be able to get corneas that need help, or I have to go, you know, into a, into a big city in order to get that experience. And I think you're a prime example of somebody who, who didn't have to do that, right? Yeah. And Dave, that's such a good point that there's so many students and, and, and doctors out there that are like, well, I'm not going to be able to fit these types of lenses because I work in a practice where we don't have those. And it's, mm-hmm. and I always tell them, Hey, listen, this is something that I entered into where my town of 50,000 people really small, I never thought it would grow into what it did, but I was just so passionate about like helping these people and finding these people. And then it just kind of continued to grow year after year. And then you get referrals naturally as, as more patients become um, more comfortable with your care. So it just ends up evolving into this, this bigger thing. And so that's always my, my advice to doctors who want to incorporate specialty lenses into practice is it is absolutely possible. And, uh, and, and don't let that stop you. If you haven't, if you're not in a practice setting that already does it, you can do this. Yeah. You know, a town of 50,000 people, you should have uh, 25 keratoconus patients if the statistics are right, right? And you had way more than that. And people would come from outside the re- realm of that. But I think statistically, we know that it's far more than one in 2,000 people that have keratoconus. And we've kind of come to realize that. You know, Mila also has an incredible story with that as he entered a town of, I think it's less than 10,000 people. And, uh, you know, there were already like three or four, maybe five uh, optometry practices in the city and in the town. And so, you know, he shouldn't go there because it's oversaturated. And I think as many of you know, Mila has a very successful practice and has done very well for himself. And, you know, optometry is not something that uh, you can't do in smaller towns or even a specialty in a smaller community, like you've kind of pointed out. So, are you still at that practice? Is that still what's going on? You know, you became an owner, I assume. And then what was the journey for the last couple of years in ownership? Yeah. So only, so I owned the practice with my, my partner and at the time and, and uh, you know, going through life and going through your career and kind of, sometimes you take those moments and you, you, you step back and kind of evaluate things. And um, in my current practice, I had, so I had three locations um, two of them were satellite offices that took an hour or two hours to drive to. And I was doing that, you know, every day, waking up, you know, 5 a.m. with the time change, got to get there by eight, uh, then see patients all day. And a typical schedule for me is like 30 to 50 patients uh, and, and, and then come home. And so I just, after doing that for like almost 10 years, I just kind of thought, is this, do I see myself doing this forever? Is, is, is this something that 
I, I really want to do. And, and, and then I just kind of actually asked a lot of friends that do a lot of specialty lenses, kind of picked their brain. And, uh, and so I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to think about this. And if I had the perfect practice that I would love showing up to, no money aside, who cares? Yep. Let's just pretend money's not a factor. What would I truly get excited about and passionate about where it's like, I would just enjoy that day. Right. So a few things came to mind. Of course, specialty lenses came to mind. The days that I have a huge packed schedule of specialty lenses were, were always the days that I was so excited mm. about and passionate about. Yeah. Um, and the things that didn't excite me were like optical. Owning and managing an optical is a lot. And there's some people that absolutely love yeah. it. Love I it. am not one of those people. And I, I'm, I have no shame in saying, you know what? This is not something I enjoy managing. I'm not super excited about glasses. Contacts are where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so I thought about, well, if, I, if I'm going to just do specialty lenses, I really need to get to a bigger market. Just like you said, Dave, you know, if you have a smaller town, um, you probably have limited people that need specialty lenses. So you do kind of cap out at some point um, without getting people kind of coming from all over. And so my vision was I'm going to have the specialty clinic. And so I needed to, it to be in a big city. And that was going to be better for my lecturing career too, because I could be closer to a big airport. My hometown, the closest airport was two and a half hours away. So anytime yeah. I would go lecture or speak, I would have to drive a significant amount of time right. and take a lot of time out of the practice. So it just made sense to um, move to a bigger town, get to a bigger city. And I, that's kind of where I, why I landed in Las Vegas. Yeah. So you've been in Las Vegas for how long? And uh, was it that you bought a practice or you just started from cold? Yep. I've been here for um, a little over a year now. My first patient was actually after the GSLS meeting last year, which is in January. And it was during that meeting on a Saturday that one of the corneal surgeons called me and he's like, are you seeing patients yet? And I was like, um, well, the, the clinic has equipment, but there's no furniture and there's, there's nothing. Like I was sitting on a cardboard box to see this uh-huh. patient. But uh, he was like, he wants to come in, he wants to see you. And uh, uh-huh. he goes back home and flies back home. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a huge opportunity. I have to take it. So went to the office on a Saturday, saw the patient. And that was, that was my first patient. I think it was was your first one on a, on a cardboard Mm -hmm. box. I mean, how, how true to being an owner is that? It's (laughs) like, it doesn't, you know, whatever it takes, right. That's awesome. Whatever it takes. Very cool. So obviously your first year was a little rough because of COVID, but tell me a little bit about your practice. Um, you know, is it just a one exam room or do you have equipment? Like what have you put together to make this scleral lens, uh, specialty contact lens, specialty soft lens practice that it is today? Yeah. So I knew in my vision that it was only going to be specialty contacts. And yep. for a while I debated on taking insurance. But the problem with that is when you take vision insurance, you have to also practice primary care, which I decided I didn't want to do because that was a way for me to generate more referrals to gain trust with the doctors in the community. And you have to have an optical of at least like 200 
frames. Right. So, and for me, you know, having this big commitment to, I do not want to have an optical and it's absolutely out of the question. It just was an easy answer of, well, I have to do it without insurance. And that was very scary, of course, because most like 90% or however many percent of eye doctors accept insurance. Um, and so that was a very scary, a big risk. You know, opening up a new practice cold was already a risk. Right. Uh, doing just a, a niche of just specialty lenses is a risk. And then third, doing no insurance is a huge risk. But Dave, it was really my husband and I just, we sat there and talked about it for a while before we pulled the trigger on all this. Mm -hmm. and, and we said, you know what, if, we, are you going to, he was like, are you going to look back in five years? And if somebody else did this, started up a specialty lens clinic in Las Vegas, what would you say? And I'm like, I would be kicking myself. <laughs> I would be so upset. And I would say that should have been me. Yeah. And so that's where we just said, we're doing it. Better do it better do it. That's, that's awesome. So, uh, what does the clinic look like now? What does your schedule look like one year in and, uh, what are the patients like the referral base and so forth? And obviously slowed down because of COVID, but, um, you know, already one year in, what is it looking like? Yeah. So, uh, most of the clinic is, is from referrals from other doctors in the area, ophthalmologists and optometrists, mostly very complicated cases a very advanced keratoconus, corneal transplants, people with significant scarring, Sjogren's, severe ocular surface disease. So some of these cases that a typical um, optometrist may not be comfortable handling, or maybe they don't have the tools and equipment that, that we have to manage these really, really complicated cases. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where most of the referrals are coming from. We do get a few random people from, that have found us on social media uh, sure. at, or our, our website. Uh, we do post a lot of content to try to educate patients about their disease and about the different options they have. And so for me, I see patients three days a week mm -hmm. and, um, and I do the initial consult and the fitting. And then I have an associate doctor that kind of fell into my lap and she does all of the defense, the training and most of the follow-up care, unless it's something real complicated, and then she'll send them back to me if, if it's uh, something she's not comfortable handling. Sure. Uh, sure. So that's kind of where, where we're at now. Very cool. Very cool. So you, uh, you're only working three days a week. So are you just sitting by the pool the rest of the time, or are you uh, finding other educational initiatives to be involved in or something else? Yeah, that I I kind of wish I was just kind of by the pool doing nothing. <laughs> but you know all, you wouldn't love that long term, right? Yeah, of course we all would, right? But you know, I uh I, I'm just I have so much too much stuff in my brain that I'm getting yeah. out there. So I actually started a new company and this all came to be during COVID when we were sitting around thinking about what to do and a lot of ideas came to a lot of doctors during this time. And so I ended up launching Wu University, which was actually Craig Norman's uh, tagline. He was like, this would be a good name for it after I kind of explained what I wanted to do. But um, the idea was, all right, I, I love educating doctors and uh, there's none of that really going on right now because of the whole pandemic. So what can I do virtually that could maybe educate optometrists? And that's kind of where the whole idea came from is educating doctors on 
fitting scleral lenses, how to incorporate them into practice, more of like the practice management stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, because I thought, God, if I had someone, when I first got into practice to help coach me through this, Mm -hmm. I feel like I could have saved so much money trying to figure this out on my own. I would have had somebody to ask questions to and bounce ideas off of. And I just didn't really have that starting the practice kind of cold, um, years ago. And, uh, so I developed like a program. So I've got an eight week week program where I can help doctors incorporate these types of lenses into practice. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where the idea came from. Yeah. And then, um, then with the whole pandemic, then I started thinking, you know what, with, with this last year and even this year, there's so many doctors that have financially suffered from this pandemic. And the last thing that doctors need to be worried about is how am I going to pay for continuing education credits in order to maintain my license? So I took it upon myself to figure it out. So Mm -hmm. I, over the last few months, I've been just reaching out to companies who've been so gracious to sponsor some of these um, virtual events where optometrists can get COPE approved CE Mm -hmm. and uh, at no cost to them. So that's kind of been my new mission uh, as far as getting, getting doctors credits where they're not having to travel because if they don't feel safe um, or they don't have the financial, financial means to get to a meeting. So yeah. that's been kind of my, my new thing that I've been, yeah. been up to. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I, I love to see where you've progressed over your, uh, over your career. And I know we've got uh, a lot more that we can gain insight from you, particularly around contact lenses and fitting lenses and, and this new practice. I'm so stoked that you started Wu University um, have been watching, uh, you know, you posting about it and you've got some great uh, content already put out. Uh, it's just fantastic. Thank you for joining us for the Optometric Insight Show. It's been a pleasure to get to hang out with you. Will you come Thank back you another time? I would absolutely love to. Thanks so Good. much. And thanks to all the listeners. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Optometric Insight Show with Dr. Stephanie Wu. Uh, We will be posting information about Wu University down in the show notes, as well as uh, some of her social media links. So you can uh, get to know her a little bit more, um, as well as uh, possibly even seeing a little bit about her practice and how they're doing things on social media. Uh, Make sure to like and subscribe. Feel free to leave us comments of things that you'd like to see on the next episode of the Optometric Insight Show.